Hello and welcome to On Resistance Radio. We are a horizontal radio collective on the airwaves of KPFK out of Los Angeles. Today we are going to be discussing patriarchy and all the ways that it manifests. And also just feel free to check out our past shows on SoundCloud, www.soundcloud.com slash on-resistance. I'm Jay. I'm Bobby. Thanks for joining us. So patriarchy... For me, patriarchy is like a daily, constant, something that comes up, something that affects how I live my life, how I navigate social relations. Um, It's part of the economy. It's part part of it. It shows up in almost all hierarchies. Um, And it also shows up in the movement in particular ways that affect women and femmes and trans femmes and, you know, non-masculine of center folks. It's interesting because our first show... As, like, On Resistance was about patriarchy. That was, what, three years ago? Yes. Um, So it's interesting to see how I feel my perspective on it has changed. I think before I was very intimidated by the word patriarchy. It's a very, like, you know, it's not very necessarily accessible. And I didn't really necessarily feel that it affected me that much. That was just me still deconstructing my own internalized patriarchy. Um, patriarchy is something that is just so intersectional in like all aspects of life and thinking and problems and circumstances that you know sometimes you just get so frustrated and you just want to scream and yell and like hit people with bats (laughs) like you know and I don't know if that's necessarily the best approach but definitely one I wouldn't mind taking sometimes especially in terms of street harassment. Street harassment, I think, is a product. There's, like, patriarchy is, like, the father of, like, rape culture and street harassment. It constructs a hierarchy. I mean, other words for it, because patriarchy is a kind of, I don't know, and it can be an academic term. But to me, it's just, like, one word to symbolize, like, male dominance, um, threats of violence against people who don't follow the rules set out by the structure created by white men. And, like, I have some personal examples I mean, in terms of, like, yesterday, I was having some car trouble, (laughs) (laughs) and I really challenged myself to not feel bad about asking for help on the internet, on Facebook, like, it is a social network, and so I posted about, like, needing some knowledge sharing. Um, I I I think we should have a skill share on, like, things that we use, machines that we use that we don't know how they work, so for me, that's a car, and... You know, I did get a lot of feedback, but it would be wrong not to note that all the feedback was from men. It was approximately like 10 men on my thread and they were very helpful and they were giving advice. But it didn't change the fact that the whole day for me was having to navigate around getting information and getting assistance and relying on men. And then having that also be something that is like thrown in my face that like the reason why I don't know how to deal with this um, situation that comes up, car trouble, is because I'm a woman versus because the structure has been built in a way that keeps this knowledge from me and actually profits off of me not knowing how to address or how to how to fix this machine um, in a very like male dominated culture and industry. So that was just one personal example yesterday for me, but it's like pretty much daily and, and it can come up in all forms. Patriarchy and white supremacy to me are just so interwoven that a part of our way that we see each other and we just exist with all the isms, I just like, I try to accept the fact that like I have internalized these things as much as I'm sure I perpetuate them because of the internalization. 
And and so that's why I feel like deconstruction is so important. And that's so important that we don't ever think that we've ever gotten to the place where we're no longer perpetuating this, because then that's when we're going to perpetuate it and not realize. Especially in terms of trying to understand all the ways that it shows up within ourselves and how we've learned it, how we've been forced to kind of learn it. There are some ways that patriarchy forces us to assimilate, but for the most part, it is like a suppressive thing that kind of controls and frames how we participate. And I think that a lot of men are kind of feeling this like wave of resistance to that in terms of like naming dynamics real time. And I think the response is to like learn the language, to learn the language of saying that like you're working on your patriarchy or I don't mean to be patriarchal, but and then to follow with (laughs) and then to follow with up with something that doesn't really need to be said or that especially like with men talking about women, like just talking about women and like this is how women are and this is the problem with women. Like that's not your business. Like that has been the culture and just this commenting on and analysis of women from men. I think that men need to analyze other men and especially cis men and they need to work on you know not decentering themselves from all the spaces that they're in and recognizing that When men interact with other men, there's a dynamic there that is happening that no matter what, I can't touch, you know, like no one else can really touch. Like only you can touch that and have the status and access to shape that. And so learning the language of being, you know, anti-sexist or recognizing patriarchy, but then perpetuating it anyway, like that isn't really enough, especially I feel like the ways that patriarchy and sexism manifest in movement spaces in general I've seen it kind of turn into oh I'm anti-sexist but they'll still fetishize you um, as like a radical woman there's just a lot of ways in which I've seen that turn into something dangerous and like that comes from like all levels in terms of like the way we talk to each other and like the entitlement that uh, to conversation and to touch and to be in the same space. I think people, you know, it does bring up consent in terms of like men specifically need to make sure they're getting consent or not getting it like it's something to be given to you, but they need to like make sure that they're not crossing boundaries, that they're not like just touching people. Because I've seen that happen a lot where like it's just kind of like taken for granted that like someone's going to hug you Or, like, I've had, and this is an issue specifically with white men, too, where, like, they'll come up and they'll, like, hug you and they'll, like, hug you for a little bit too long. Mm. I feel like this is a very manipulative strategy to gauge and read your body and to see how you feel about them. And that happens in movement spaces because if they know you're a critical person and they're insecure about their whiteness or their masculinity, like, they're going to feel like, oh, if this person's um, against patriarchy then, oh, like, is that about me? And, like, usually it is. It is about you. It's about, like, all um, the ways that patriarchy manifests. But, yeah, just don't let that insecurity, like, turn into another way to police women or to um, have access to women. Or misogyny. I feel like that insecurity then ends up turning into misogyny. You touched upon something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while, and that's, like, the fetishization of radical women. And I do think that is a thing. I think it's, like, fetishized. I think it's sexualized. That's really missing the point there. Like, my radicalness isn't isn't acuteness, you know? Radicalness is inherently a male thing. Part of why it's perpetuated and why it's so male-dominated and why the idea of female arm resistance is so fetishized or femmes 
physically fighting back is, you know, oh, women fighting is a turn on or something like that. And and people really need to deconstruct that. Um, a femme person in a mask isn't your sexual play toy, you know, how that kind of perpetuates. It perpetuates rape culture as well. And it perpetuates the idea of, you know, male dominance and radical culture. And also, I just want to talk about like how much space or men take up just like in general. Sometimes I'm just so surprised and astounded by, like, how much space. I'll be on the dance floor going out, and they just take up so much space on the dance floor. I'm so aware of my space. I'm so aware of how much space I take up. And, like, I'm, you know, just standing there barely moving. Like, yeah, I would love to, like, move around and dance in circles, too. But I'm aware of the people around me, and I'm not, like, a jerk who's just going to, who doesn't care. And it's just, like, I've noticed on dance floors, men take up so much space. It's ridiculous. And so I started doing this thing because they'll, like, bump into me is where I'll bump back, and I start elbowing, you know? And I look like, yeah. And I'm just, like. If you're gonna if you're gonna hit me, I'm gonna hit you back. If you're gonna take up space, I'm fine. I'm gonna take up space back. And I feel like specifically with non-white fans, we need to take up more space. Like we need to, you know, reclaim our right to be in places because we're tokenized when we are in places. And that goes also into the fetishization of radical fans because we have to fight for our inclusion. And then that's a whole another other thing about I've been thinking about too, which is like a side thing about like fighting for inclusion and like should we you know at the oscars it's like people are like oscars so white and it's like yes the oscars are white the oscars perpetuate white supremacy yes like they don't care you know look at all the black people who do get oscars what movies did they get oscars for what role did they play they played the role that white supremacy wants to continue seeing black people play yeah i mean i feel like the hashtag oscar still so white it's like they're getting awards for perpetuating white supremacy so that's what the award is for. That's why they're getting it. That's why white people are getting it, I think, is because they're being honored for consistently representing white supremacy in Hollywood. I mean, it's just the same thing about, like, who is shaping these institutions. It's, like, white men, you know, who want to see people in certain roles. And I feel like with the sexualization of women that happens on all scales, like, that does people have to check how that has been internalized and how that still comes up in terms of like when women resist. Yeah, resistance is not meant to be sexualized. Even in resistance, I feel like it becomes about a power dynamic. And there's a culture, I think, of watching women and policing the decisions of women. So if you choose to become more outspoken about resistance and patriarchy and white supremacy, misogyny, all the ways, ableism, all the ways that hierarchy shows up, I think that you're going to be hyper-watched and your words are going to be more jumped on uh, than other people. And people are waiting for you to basically mess up. And that's something that I've experienced is like there's this pressure. You know, no one wants to self-title themselves a revolutionary. I think it's more about like the efforts that you do and the impact that you have. But I think that there is this how dare you like call yourself resisting and I've had situations where this one time I wrote this rant and this white dude, I won't say his name, Googled it because he didn't believe I wrote it. <laughs> I know I should say No, he'd name. get off by that. No, it's true. And that's, and that's <laughs> part of the radicalization of women because when you call out men, you're giving them attention. They yes. love that. That's what they want. Yeah. And it's just so frustrating because whether you are, you know, trying to live your, your life and not center men, they're still going to get off on harassing you. And... Whether if you do call them out, they're like, oh, oh, my gosh. And they'll just make a whole thing about it. And it's like, you know, this person like Googled my words and then found them on my anonymous blog because I have an anonymous blog and then came on my social media account and accused me of plagiarizing myself. 
know. I know. <laughs> and then went on, I'm not joking with you, um, went on like 50 groups and posted that, you know, I can't be trusted. They knew that I was, you know, whatever, exaggerating and that I my words weren't real. And then they blocked me so I couldn't defend myself. And that's something that you also see happening on social media by misogynists towards women is like the calling out, the doxing, the um, harassment of non-male centered people. And then they can't even handle the call out, the reverse, you know, and then they block you so that they can continue talking their smack. And so there's just lots of ways in which if you are outspoken and femme and God forbid you're labeled radical, people will fetishize your resistance and then they'll also get close to you and think that, oh, this is cute and it's something that can be tamed. Mm. Um, because, you know, revolutionary women, oh, in the in the figurative, in the imaginary, like, oh, it sounds so great. But then in the practice, they don't want to be called out. So they're still going to try and tame you. That's mm. how I look at it. That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> you know, you plagiarize like, yourself. You plagiarize yourself. The whole sort of the male ego, I think, um, especially like in, yeah, like in resistance spaces, like I think they are threatened. As much as it's fetishized, it's because they're a threat, you know? And um, I wrote a piece about Method of the White Radical, and this fool I never even knew, like, <laughs> thought the article was about him. And it's just like, one, like how, of course, a white entitled guy would think that Someone who has who doesn't even know them would take the time and write an article about them. And that's the wonderful thing. It's like, yeah, you know, I guess if the shoe fits, a lot of people probably thought that was about them. And that's the thing. And that's what I mean when I say, like, it takes up so much space. Because, like, how much space did you have to spend then having to defend yourself and then having to say, like, oh, no, actually, this is my personal blog. And, oh, no, this isn't, you know, or, or forces interaction. And that's yes. also why they like to, like, call out and create conflict because they want to be able to interact with you. This forced interaction, the forced hugs, the forced touching. I feel like this thing about guys checking each other, it doesn't ever really work. Work. It's something in theory because I never if the guy does check then if he gets cookie for it and he thinks he's like a feminist or like you know anti-patriarchy and he's fighting it and they're just not and it's like it's usually the quiet ones I notice I don't know but then that reinforces itself because the privilege is to be able to be quiet and not have to say anything. I don't know maybe you shouldn't be in resistance spaces. <laughs> yeah I mean I also agree that there's an issue with uh, men checking men. There is like a dynamic that evolves from that especially because you know, we've been, I've participated in actions where, where men will be like, let's take it around the block. We're going to take it around the corner and fight it out like men. Why is that still happening? Why is that, is that counter? Is that healing? Is that like decentering masculinity in any way? Why is that like a currency of violence that is happening where this is how men check other men is by like flexing their muscles and taking up more space than the other man. And like, it's all through dominance versus like de-escalation and like listening and like, I found that when people are escalating, usually they just want to be heard. They want to be listened to. And then what will happen is, like, another man will come in and tell them that their feelings are are irrelevant or, like, not worth anything. And then they'll get the, their egos get entangled, and then it becomes, like, a huge ego fight. And I do think, like, something should be said. Say things without perpetuating, like, dominance culture is kind of how I look at it. Because when men don't say things, I feel like I'm just sitting there, like... Is anyone going to... No? No one noticed that? And then usually other people noticed it and we're just kind of like all like subtly making eye contact. Did that just happen? Who's going to be the femme that has to say something that gets all the attention turned on them and now they're the one that ruined the party by bringing up patriarchy? 
The thing is, patriarchy was already brought up. It's, you know, it's usually always in the space. So really, when men perpetuate patriarchy, they're either bringing more attention to it, well, they're usually just bringing more attention to it. Um, and then we have to kind of always like check it or scale it back or name it, which still centers it. And so it's just very exhausting because I feel like misogyny is women having to do more labor all the time, having to do the emotional labor of calling in men and then cradling their feelings as they process what they did <laughs> wrong. And that's not to say that that isn't valuable work, but like I'm already processing my stuff and like what I do wrong. So it's just like extra labor that primarily femmes have to do to coordinate spaces so that people can deconstruct their stuff. And that's just something that I've realized a lot is like there are people that I know that are men that because they consider me a certain thing, they'll message me and they'll ask me for my perspective on things. And usually like it can be Googled. Mm. And so, like, there's just this dynamic of if you want my support and you, like, want to vent to me, like, just tell me that Mm -hmm. versus asking me for something and then pretending like I'm not doing emotional labor for you. Because usually if you're asking, like, you know, I'm going to do some emotional labor to, like, help you get to the place where, like, you could Google it on your own. Yeah. So it's just weird. It's just weird, all the emotional labor. That goes into combating misogyny and then surviving it. Yeah, I feel like that's part of patriarchy is just so much of the unrecognized labor that you have to do to address it or not to address it. And then what that does to yourself when you don't call it out or don't address it. I don't know. I'm introverted. I have anxiety. Like, I don't want to have to tell you, like, what you were doing. I don't want to have to point out your patriarchy. And I shouldn't have to. That's not my role. My role is not to be your teacher. And I think that's kind of part of patriarchy is that femme people are supposed to be the teachers and the nurses and the caregivers and the planners and the organizers and the cleaners and everything else you know and and you see that in like resistance you see that in like meetings you see that by who's doing most of the organizing and then it's funny because then you see the opposite of that reflection by like who gets the attention and like who's considered like the leader who's considered the one in charge and it's like do they do that for you like is it flip like do you get cradled you know like when you get called up by like a man does he make sure to say it like very gently and then like also like help massage your ego so you don't feel like a horrible person like does that happen i don't think so usually it's just very brunt and then if you can't handle it well yeah that's because you're weak because you're a woman if you're listening to this to like try to find something to like pick out please don't do that i was thinking about just the stress like the stress of of having to call out patriarchy while also existing under it, while also trying to transform it and create other dynamics for ourselves that aren't defined by men and our treatment by men. It's exhausting. It's really stressful in addition to all the daily stress of trying to exist in this hierarchy. And we carry all this stress, but whatever stress that men carry, everyone feels it. Mm. We feel all this stress and then we have to keep it all inside because if we, no matter how carefully, like you were saying, no matter how carefully worded we try to say something, it's still going to come off a certain way to someone. And obviously there are dynamics to that. But then I feel like that isn't mutual. It's very, very divided by gender because, you know, I've been in situations where at work, I talked about this before, there was a white male boss and No matter the tiniest level of stress that he had, he forgot his lunch, you know, like whatever. It was felt by everyone in the room. And it's this trend that patriarchy tells men that their feelings are so overvalued that it's everyone else's job to carry them. And so it's just 
the dominance of space, the not being aware of how the energy that you carry as an empowered, you know, masculine of center or cis man that is living under a patriarchy. Because I do think patriarchy can't oppresses men and also oppresses boys and children. But that doesn't mean you don't also can't assimilate into it and benefit from it. When you carry stress, do not project it on everyone else. Do not make it everyone else's burden just by the way that you're huffing or you're puffing or you're like making it everyone else's burden. Um, And that just happens so much in all spaces that I've noticed, just how we carry stress and how we're empowered to kind of put that stress on other people. And by we, I mean men. So Yeah, (laughs) right? This idea of everyone has to take care of, has to take care of the male ego, the male body, the male heart, the male soul. There's just so much care and nurture and value and time put into making sure that men are okay, but it's like, what about us? Like, who's caring for us? And then it's like this sort of thing. And then when you add intersect like race and then like whether or not you're cis or not, who do you have left to care for you other than like each other and ourselves? And then because of patriarchy, it's created this kind of dynamic where it makes us hard to even interact or care with each other because of how men's influence on relationship with women and femme people kind of like interrupts things and interrupts the dynamics. And we're all trying to deconstruct that, you know, we're all trying to work on that. It's just so much. And it's like, is it ever going to go away? I don't, I guess that's like, is white supremacy ever going to go away? Is human supremacy ever going to go away? No, we're just going to have to be dealing with this forever. And it sucks. Yeah. And it's so much work. So much work. You don't get paid for it. Yeah, unpaid, unrecognized, unvalued labor that sometimes you actually get more. You actually, the reward for that labor is more stress and more labor. It's so important. You know, I spent the last few couple years trying to really think about how I relate to people in my community as we are committed to a resistance. And it is true, like, I do want to be in mutually helpful relationships. And it's so hard to do that when you are produced under a hierarchy. For me, like, that's, you know, trying to create mutual relationships that benefit both of us that are healthy, even though there's still patriarchy and this person is a cis man and I'm, you know, a cis femme person. And the same thing with, like, me trying to create mutually sustainable, supportive relationships and, you know, we're under a racialized hierarchy and I benefit from white privilege or white passing privilege. And so it's just these challenges of the current regime of how things work and then us trying to create counter relationships, but then it's all seeping in and it does affect the power dynamics in the space. I don't really have any advice for men, and I don't really want to give any advice for men, but I think hyper-awareness and not projecting your ish on other people is a good place to start. And yeah, don't listen to stuff like this and think, that's not me, because I think it's first to it's good to practice from a place of listening, and if you're thinking, that's not me, then you're probably not really listening. And then also, like, that ego that pops up that says, that's not me, it's only your you have to do the work of dealing with your ego and recognizing your ego and how it takes up space. Um, We all do. I feel like it's important for for us to stop coddling men, even though there's this really awesome Tumblr blog, cool rant on how people should stop coddling men and, like, excusing their behavior. Because, like, I'll notice that, you know, I'm just, like, if a man does something and I don't expect them to really do it. And so I'm like, want to encourage them to do it. So I'm like, thank you, you yeah. know, like, and I, but I don't get that thank you. I don't get that acknowledgement. Like, I don't get, like, my labor is not recognized. Um, I don't get that same sort of like trying to reinforce that positivity. 
So I think it's important for us to stop centering, you know, masculinity, stop, like, rewarding, stop, like, coddling, like, just be as rough to them as they are to us. But then it's weird because then, like, sometimes I've seen internalized patriarchy replicated by, like, women, you know, and and to them, I can see that's what they think they're doing, you know, it's like, but then it's like you're taking on that abusive behavior and doing it to other women or femmes. You're not doing it to men. Yeah. So then, like, that's not necessarily helping either. You know, you're just kind of extending the abuse so that it's not only just, like, the men that's not acknowledging the labor or who's taking advantage of it, you also are doing it. Yeah, that's so true. For me, internalized patriarchy is that I'm so surprised if you do something that's not male-centered that I'm like, wow, that's totally true. I didn't think about that. I guess it is a form of like cookies or like you're appreciative because you didn't have to do that labor yourself. That wasn't your responsibility to begin with Mm -hmm. is to do all the labor for everyone anyway. And there are some femmes that do adopt the tactics of patriarchy, probably to navigate patriarchy, but, you know, it, it ends up just affecting other femmes. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, who feels, like, empowered enough to do that? And it, they're usually reinforced by, like, men, too. Mm-hmm. It's, like, encouraged. And that's and then that's fetishized. The fact that there are, like, a femme person who's, like, replicating patriarchy. And, like, oh, like, they're so cool because they yell and scream at people. And it's, like, no. Right, or, like, act in a threatening manner. I've seen some of the same, like, too much touching. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen that a lot by white women. Almost, like, to the point where it's, like, I'm a woman, so I don't perpetuate patriarchy, therefore I can touch you. It's very, very specific in how it shows up in the in the space taking effort. So obviously, you know, it intersects with whiteness um, and other hierarchies. And then you have something wrong with you because you're not comfortable with a woman touching you. Like that means you need to like refocus and recenter on like feminism. You know, yeah. It's so true. Maybe part of my feminism is as a woman who's constantly having people wanting to touch me and not respecting my boundaries is yeah. not wanting to be touched. Maybe we should actually like support and encourage boundaries because they often don't happen or aren't often respected. Right. And they just get so offended when you say something. And also, like, in the movement spaces, I feel like this is something. Don't, like, presume where you are with people. Mm. Um, Even the check-in can be, like, something that's non-consensual. But, yeah, you know, there is a trend where, like, we start off seeing each other in spaces. We're working towards a presumed, assumed mutual goal. We don't really know that. So many times it ends up not being the same goal. And then over time, uh, there's this pressure to become friends or to not become friends and that. I think leads a lot of people to engage in those type of behaviors of like overtouching or stuff like that. Thank you for listening to our show on patriarchy and all the ways that that shows up. Uh, You are listening to On Resistance Radio. We are on every Friday at 7.30 p.m. except for the first Friday of the month. You can find our shows on soundcloud.com slash on dash resistance. We're on Tumblr. We're also on Facebook. 